listener. KickPod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we are recording this podcast, the Yulikit Wulan clan of the Boomerang, who are a part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to our elders, past and present, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the KickPod, your DNM on the stuff that matters, but also the stuff that doesn't. One, two, three, four. Hello. Hi there. Are you just like super pumped for this episode? I am so pumped for this episode. (laughs) I am such a very big fan of our guest, Alexis Fernandez, who is the host of the Do You Fucking Mind podcast. Mindset hacks. It's just the best. (laughs) Thank you. Mindset hacks. I love saying this word, badass. It's definitely bad, badass. 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 Well, we, we don't say ass <laughs> here. When Alexis then says it sounds much better, Mindset Hacks are a badass life. And she's also the author of Be Bold, Manifest Your Dream Life and the Neuroscience of Self-Love. Alexis actually has a master's in neuroscience, mm. if you didn't know already. And so what I love about how Alexis speaks to, because today what we're going to be talking about is discipline. Mm -hmm. And before you think, I'm not going to listen, it's just not for me, it's also, and also if you think, because the word discipline can in some ways in our life show up in a toxic way if we are kind of zero to 100. And so I just want to caveat before we get into this that it is the positive side of discipline and how it can, as Alexis says, help you be free in your life and live the life that you want to live. Yeah. And I think as someone who has definitely in the past, like looked at discipline, discipline in a negative way and like never thought it was for me, the way that Alexis breaks it down and speaks through all the benefits, it's just, it becomes a a no brainer. So please continue to listen. Here is the amazing Alexis. Alexis, welcome to the KickPod. We are so excited to be able to talk to you today. I know. I'm so happy to be here. We've been talking about doing this for a while, so I'm pumped. It feels like two years. I know. <laughs> it does it feels like ages ago since you guys were on my podcast. Yeah, yeah which was so loved. much fun. Yeah. There's so much we want to talk to you about and focus on just because you are just a, I was going to call you a ball of wisdom. That's a compliment. <laughs> I love that. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. That's your brain. You just have so many good snippets and takeaways that are so practical. Yeah. And so we thought, okay, we've got about 45 minutes together. Like, what is going to be the most impactful conversation we can have? We could have like four hours of this, but (laughs) probably longer. But what (laughs) we really wanted to focus on to start with was discipline. Great. Especially at this time of the year, I think a lot of people, or we know a lot of people are setting goals. And Mm -hmm. the word discipline has quite a, in some like areas, Mm -hmm. a toxic kind of restrictive, Mm -hmm. regimented feel Mm -hmm. around it. So it kind of gets a bad rap. And I wanted to ask you what you think of discipline and what does it mean to you? So discipline is... I I say I always say to my listeners discipline is your ticket to freedom because discipline is firstly a choice and secondly it has it's only to do with you. When you talk about discipline it doesn't involve any other individual it doesn't involve controlling circumstances outside of you it's just you. So it's very much more in your control. It's a choice that you're showing up for every day. It's not something you're forced into. That's what makes it discipline because it, it is something that you have to voluntarily do. And when you're truly disciplined, not restricted, but disciplined, that is when you are truly free. I feel like when you don't have control over your life and your circumstances and you feel like life is happening to you and you're not making your life mm. happen, that's when you start to try and control all these external things outside you. You're trying to control that person in your relationship. You're trying to control your friendship group. You don't like it when someone does it blah, 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 because you feel like your life is out of control. The more control you have in your own life and your decisions and where your day goes, how your morning goes, all of that, you are so much more carefree, ironically. It sounds like people who are really disciplined are going to be uptight. You actually end up being more relaxed about everything else in your life. 
Yeah, and I'd love you to talk through that further because, first of all, loved your your own episode on discipline. And when you spoke about freedom, the first time I heard it, I was like, how? And then you put it so <laughs> well because you, you, you framed it as though, like, people think freedom is just, like, waking up and, like, choosing mm. to do whatever you want to do with your day. So can you talk about, I suppose, that look at freedom versus yeah. discipline and freedom? Totally, totally. And so as we grow older and older, our idea of freedom evolves right so for a kid freedom is like staying up late at night it's eating all the lollies that you want to eat as a teenager it's going to the party not having a curfew that's kind of freedom as an adult freedom is I want to have these experiences I want to be able to afford this certain thing or afford time with these people or you know you look at what would freedom mean if someone was to say Imagine a life where you could do what you wanted to do. What experiences would you be having? And that is what you deem freedom to be. I would have the ability to do these things. I would have that freedom. So with freedom for an adult comes responsibility. And when you are given responsibility, you've got to look at it as a gift because to be responsible for something means that you can then earn your freedoms. So I think we look at it as, you know, sometimes you can whinge about work or paying bills or whatever or this or that. Remember the time when we were teenagers but we couldn't wait to get a part-time job. We couldn't wait to have our license. We couldn't wait to move out of home. There's all these things that we couldn't wait to do because it was so exciting and now often it's things that we'll whinge about. (laughs) But it's because of these things that we've been able to have the freedoms of living alone paying for our own rent, paying for our own food when we go out. All of that is because we've been disciplined enough to hold down a job, to actually get our license, to actually do these things. Everything that now gives us freedom in our life and independence is because we were disciplined enough at one point to earn that thing, whether it was a degree or whether it was a skill or whether it was connections or relationships or learning another language. That's something that you can look back on and think, nobody can take this from me. I have Mm. built this up and I've built it up through discipline and through hard work and I've earned it. And then you start to look at yourself differently. You start thinking, I've done that for me and I did it off my, and it was a choice and I followed through. I could have done anything in that time frame, but I chose to show up again and again above all else to do that thing. And now I've achieved that thing. So I always say that like discipline and earning something mm. is one of the first steps to you improving your relationship with yourself. I love that. And I think for me, I'm thinking back to when I first felt that kind of experience of, because when I think of freedom, I think of it's choices, right, Mm. in our life. And Mm. I think back to, exactly. Yeah. And I think back to when I was in year 12, what comes to mind and how I threw myself into my studies. And I was, I was extremely disciplined in that period. Like I would go to the library Mm. for 12 hours every single day and study because, but the thing for me, it was, and a lot of my friends were like, why don't you like have a life in year 12 and whatever? Like I did have a life. I went out once one night a week and that, that was fine. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was, I knew that I wanted for me, freedom at that stage, financial freedom was very important to mm. me because of my upbringing and the mm-hmm. stress that financial stress can put on your family and, and everything. Totally. And so my mum always said to me, like, if you study hard, what that means is you will have choices. But I knew that if I put all those hours in and sacrifice all that time where I could have been, I don't know, hanging with my friends or whatever, I would then get a score, which because I wanted to go to university would enable Mm -hmm. me to have choices Mm. to then have that degree. Yes. And I always, and I, even though like, I don't think I'll, when I finish my degree, I don't think I'll go and be a lawyer, but I have yep. that there for myself as this, it's like a security blanket in my mind. And I totally. think that's what truly helped me mm. actually finish it because I was like, this is giving me choices. So mm. if I do end up in a situation like where I'm, I don't know, in financial hardship or whatever it might be, it's like, I've done the work and you're right. No one can take yeah. that from me. And yeah. I think too, exactly. like even I'll never forget the day I finished my exams and I, it didn't matter what score I got after that. I have never in mm. my life felt so fulfilled because I knew <laughs> I gave 110% and that feeling yep. was the best thing yeah. in the whole world. Cause I did that for me. Mm. Totally. Totally. And it was a choice and no one was forcing you to do it. And mm. and it's so, and it is a huge freedom for many reasons. And this could apply to absolutely everybody, but in particular, it does apply to women in the sense that you should always, always be independent. And if you choose 
to have a partner that financially supports you, it should be a choice. Mm. But when you look at, and this is me going on a slight tangent, but when you look at countries with the highest divorce rates, it's the countries where women are financially independent. What does that say? It says that in countries where women are not financially dependent, they are forced to stay in a marriage that they don't want to be in. Mm. So I always say to people, like, you have to create a life where you have the choice to have the freedom if need be. Mm. So if I'm in a marriage and, and you know, m- my husband is like, you know what, don't work, let's live our best life, I've got all this money, I could choose, be like, yeah, sure, sweet, great, I don't have to. But then if shit hit the fan, I have the freedom as far as I've got my resources, I've mm. got a skill set, I could leave and start earning money. So it's this idea of you just are giving yourself more choices. You, mm. You're putting more on, on, you know, more opportunity for yourself. You don't have to exercise every option, but discipline allows for that. You know, learning how to study something. That's why degrees are so great, even if you don't use them, because it teaches you discipline. That's why a lot of people will love a degree on your CV, not because they care about what you studied, but it's like this person's disciplined. They can follow through with something. And so I feel like any course People should always be educating yourself, always be learning something, whether it's free, whether it's at uni, it doesn't matter what it is because it's it's teaching you this idea of showing up primarily for yourself again and again and again. And the same goes for like physical discipline, this, any kind of discipline because you are teaching yourself, I'm putting myself as this priority and right now I could be anywhere else in the world but I'm here mm. doing this thing for me. I love it. And so you obviously, as you said at the start of this conversation, you're a fan of discipline. So a lot of people listening in who might be listening in and maybe were even reluctant to listen to this episode because of the word discipline in it. So they (laughs) might not be fans of discipline. They might be thinking, yeah, cool, you like it. So like, of course, you're going to say all this good stuff about it. But I know from knowing your story that hasn't always been the case. You hadn't always considered yourself a very like disciplined or regimented no. person and you'd lived a little bit of a different life. Do you mind talking yeah. to that? Because I think that really helps people who like can't even imagine themselves being in that position yes. of liking discipline. Yeah. What your yeah, life totally. was like then versus now. And what would it be 100%. without the discipline? If you didn't yeah. make that change and yep. show up for yourself, where would you be? Mm. Yeah, 100%. Right So there were a few experiences in my 20s. And I love looking back at my 20s because it was a bit of a shit show, which is kind of what you want. Like you want, it's like you just (laughs) want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like try as much as I can. This is the time for (laughs) trial and error. So it was exactly that. But there were moments within my 20s, both times were after a breakup where I found myself kind of, so one time I had a breakup and I moved to Sydney and I really had like no money to my name. I was, you know struggling to, well, not struggling, but I was like frantically trying to get a job quickly so I could start paying rent. And I just, my friends were about to go on this big trip overseas. Everyone was doing all these things around me. And I was kind of like, I don't have a fucking dollar to my name right now. Like I've got, can I swear? (laughs) Yes. I don't don't have a dollar to my name right now. And I don't want to be in this position. Like I hate this. I hate that I don't have the freedom to join my Mm. friends on this thing. I hate that every time I'm going out to dinner and this is just one aspect of it financially, but there were other aspects of it as well. But every time I'd go out to dinner, I'd have to literally check my bank account to see like, can I have a glass of wine with my dinner? Is it going to be a, like just everything? Mm. I just had to watch where every dollar was going. I was very, there was just no, I had no sense of where my life was headed because I had no discipline. I think people think, oh, but you know, oh, my life is free. I can do whatever I want. I was restricted. Mm. I was restricted because I didn't have any discipline. Then fast forward to the second time when I had a breakup a couple of years later, I'd just come back from overseas. I had no job. I had nowhere to live. I just had a breakup. I had, like, I was all over the place. And I literally was in a position. I was 29. I was about to turn 30. And I was like, I am, I'm not, I'm not happy. Like, I I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I've got, yes, there's potential here and there. It's not like I've got no base to start off, but I was really confused. I felt really stuck. I had literally my parents were like, do you need money? We'll lend you money. But I hated to say, yes, I need money. So I was borrowing money off my sister to pay for bond for a bedroom. Like I didn't, couldn't even afford that. And I was like, I don't like this. I hate that I'm borrowing money off people when I'm a very, like I'm capable why do I not have my shit together? Why have I not had saved this money? Like, what am I doing? And 
that's when I thought, okay, I need to restructure my life because I've always glorified being a bit of a gypsy, which Mm. served me very well for many different reasons. But I thought I can't be doing this forever. I look at my friends, especially this group of friends, there's 11 of us. And these girls were all starting their businesses, getting promoted, like killing it, killing it. And I felt very behind. And it was all due to the fact that everything I started would be short-lived. I'd start this and then I'd give up. I'd start that. And so there was n- I wouldn't see anything through. Mm. The only thing I'd seen through was back in my early 20s, I'd finished a degree. And that was in cognitive neuroscience. But I never thought I'd do anything with it because you always had to return to study. So in that moment of heartbreak, had no money, was covering Pilates shifts at studios I used to work at just casually, I thought, I'm going to do my master's degree. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick to something. I'm going to see it through. That changed everything for me. I started the master's degree and I had to get my life, get my shit together in order to be able to follow that through. Mm. So for, for the first time I created a routine for myself, I had to. For the first time I had to actually factor in what my week would look like as far as when I'd be studying, when I'd be at uni, when I'd be working. I got more. I got permanent shifts straight away. I spoke to the owners of the studios. I'm like, this is, this is the deal. <laughs> like, this is what has to happen now. And I just literally in a, within a year of starting my master's, which was just a couple of months after that breakup and I was all heartbroken, that actually pulled me out of the heartbreak because I was working towards something that mattered to me. Mm. I'd wake up in the morning with like a get up and go, which I didn't have prior to that. I would be like dragging myself out of bed, dreading the day, dreading me being upset because I got dumped. Instead, I'd wake up being like, I love, I love what I'm doing. This is so exciting. I I could Mm. talk about the brain forever. A year later, I, because I had all that discipline, I was learning about, I was just loving what I was doing. I was sticking to something. I was starting to save a bit of money. It was, it was a me that I'd never seen. I'd never saved money in my life. And then I, other than to spend it all traveling, which love that for me, but then I, I, um, started the podcast probably one year in from the the master's degree to talk about how much I loved the brain and talk about that. And then again, because I saw, you know, I, I was then disciplined with the podcast as well because I'd learned discipline from uni and then I was doing it regularly with the podcast and then that took off. And it's it's literally an avalanche. Once you start, mm. it feels really small. It's like one droplet, one droplet, one droplet. Then it becomes cumulative. And you think, oh, one year, that's ages. But one year is nothing. Think about where you were one year ago. Mm. That's nothing. So instead of setting yourself a one-month goal and putting a thousand things on that plate and then failing because it's just too overwhelming and then thinking you're a failure when in reality you just set yourself up to fail, you're not a failure, you just didn't set it up properly, stretch out the timeline, give yourself time to make it a permanent change that doesn't feel so jarring and doesn't feel so restrictive and you'll be amazed in one year the things that you'll be doing you wouldn't have even fathomed a year earlier because you've created a new lifestyle for yourself. So after that one year of actually learning discipline, and I'm still becoming better at discipline, it's it's an ongoing process for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. But yeah, I was able to properly see through doing my own business, starting my own thing and actually seeing it through and not expecting a win within a month. And if I didn't win within a month, I'd just, oh my God, embarrassing. I'm going to shut it down. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I just told everyone I was doing this thing and it's not working out. I'm going to see it through. I'm going to give it a bit more time. I'm going to, it's a slow process. And that is all discipline. And had I not, I think had I not started the degree, the, the master's, I would have, I don't know where I'd be now. It'd be a very different story. Oh, that I love that story. And I think what I really love about it too is I find it a lot of people that I speak to feel like, and a lot of women, young women feel like we're on this, this race, we're in this race with life. Mm. And like, you know, you finish school, mm-hmm. you go to uni, you get a job, whatever. And, but a lot of people like we change careers. I don't know what the stat is, probably like eight times, whatever it is. Yeah. And a yeah, lot of probably, people yeah. see going back to study later in life. So they might, you know, you might be a lawyer, you might be a psychologist, you might be a nurse, whatever that job is, you're in it, you don't like it, you want to change. And the idea of going back to uni Mm. is Mm. very scary Mm. because it's like, well, I'm going to be back with these 18-year-olds and like all my friends have, you know, in quotation marks, got their shit together. Are they happy? That's a very different story, right? But in this like life of, you know, the race of life, which everyone listening, life is not a race where it's very long and we've got time (laughs) to do what we need to do if we have the privilege of having good health. But I think it's, I really liked that because for you at 29, when Mm. you said you had no savings, you had nowhere, like you, you know, you had to borrow money 
a lot yep. of people I think would think, well, I can't go back to uni because that costs. And obviously we have hex yeah. in Australia. So you pay it off totally. when you start working. But, but then you're you working part-time for another. Uni. Yeah. Exactly. You don't get paid. You can't get a full-time job. So I, I was looking at that. It's like this is another, this is a cost. I'm going to have debt and I can't work a full-time job because this is not only do I have to be at uni, but then I've got hours of study if I want to do well. And if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it well because what's the point? So you're looking at it as like there's a couple of years where financially it's not going to be amazing. Yeah. And I didn't even know. This is the beauty of discipline and growth and all of that. I didn't even know where I was going to be by the end of the degree. Sometimes you've just got to start to scratch the itch and then the answer will come your way. You don't have to know the answer. I just said, you know what? I can't stop thinking about the brain. Since I finished my degree six years ago, I have always thought, oh, mm -mm." at the end of every year, I'd look at what courses were available at different universities. It never left me. So I thought, you know what? I will regret if I don't pursue this further. And maybe I'll pursue it and I realize, no, not for me. Love the topic, but I don't want to do it for a job. So I thought, just do it. And it's amazing how you stop comparing yourself to other people when you feel like you're on your own path. When you don't feel like you know where you're headed or you don't feel like you're waking up with a reason to like do something that day, a reason to be, then that's when you compare yourself Mm. because you feel lost. If you're sure of what you're doing, there's no comparison. That's when it's easy to celebrate other people's wins. That's when it's easy to be like, love that for you. Not my thing, but that's great. Okay. It's so much easier. Life is easy mm. when you're on a path that makes you feel good, you know? And I stopped care. The moment I found that thing, I stopped caring that my friends were putting deposits on homes and I was not even close to even, like not even, couldn't even talk about it, you know. I was, it was fine that people were getting engaged around me and having kids and whatever. I genuinely was like, that no longer affects me, but it used to because mm. I felt I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no, my, I was scattered. It was sh- my life was just a shambles. Nothing negative, but I'm in a situ- I was in a situation where a lot of people find themselves where there's just all this disorganized mm. potential. And potential's great, but not if you're doing nothing with it, you know. I think a lot of people like to sit in this like, oh, but I, there's so many possibilities for me. And a lot of people are scared to take the plunge on one thing because it closes all these other doors. But that's the only way you're going to proceed in life. You have to narrow things down at times. You have to be like, all right, I could do all these things, but I'm choosing to do this one thing. You know, not being disciplined means also not taking a step forward. So I think, yeah, I think if you find yourself in a position like that and you find yourself comparing yourself to other people all the time, it's probably because you're in a position right now where you feel that you're not satisfied with your life. You're never going to be satisfied with your life and also compare yourself to somebody else. When... You think about self-control because I think that self-control is also another thing that can have some negative connotations around it. I don't know Mm. why, but Mm -hmm. it does. What does that mean to you and how important is self-control in living a life where you feel free because you are disciplined? Yes. So self-control, this is where it gets a little bit, I think, negative is when people feel that they are restricting themselves from enjoying life, Mm. that's where you can look at self-control through kind of negative lens. And I understand that because a lot of people have taken the concept of I want to control myself to I'm going to restrict myself from anything enjoyable and then it's going to become borderline like disordered Mm -hmm. um, where it's one extreme to the other. So the way I look at self-control, kind of like you want to look at almost everything in life is I always factor in probably 30% or a 70% hit rate, 30%, call it failure, call it not a hit rate, whatever. And that way, if I'm saying, okay, I want to start eating this way, 70% of the time, okay? So then when I have this big dinner, I don't even think about it. I'm like, that's part of the 30%. Let's, let's go. You know, like it's, it's, you've got to look at your life as part of my self-control. I have to factor in speed bumps, setbacks, yeah. call it a failure, whatever you want to call it. Because when you factored in, when you expect there to be little dips, when a dip happens, there's no pulling yourself apart about it. There's no, you know, negative self-talk. There's none of this, I'm an idiot, I'm a failure. I'm Because these are the thoughts that are then going to prevent you from then attempting something again. So I always factor in, and you could you could have a stricter um 
you know, grace period, like or, or like leeway zone. Mine's thirty percent. Some people are like ten percent or twenty percent. I'm a bit more like oh, let's have a good time here. So, you know, you you when you look at self control, nothing is a hundred percent, nor should it be. Look at everything that we do in life. Look at when we start driving. If we had to be perfect from day one, none of us would have our driver's license. You know, if we, you could look at anything, look at university. You don't even need a hundred percent to pass to be a doctor. Like it's, failure is factored into everything in our lives, yet we're so hard on ourselves when we have some slip-ups. Like you have to factor it in just like in a degree, just like when you're in your driver's license, they actually have like a few things that you're allowed to fail in. It's in every other part of your life, failure is expected. But when it comes to us, we're so hard on ourselves. And I think that's where when when we're talking about self-control, we have to be aware of how hard we're actually being on ourselves because you're actually going to have much better self-control if you look at this journey as like a nice journey that you're going on with yourself instead of this, this is going to be a really painful thing. This is going to be fucked. This is going to be horrible. I'm going to hate it. And then you start viewing it as this, like, I need to avoid it. I need to not think about it. Then it becomes really horrible. You talk to yourself in a really bad way. And an- another thing to talk about when, when you're looking at goals and maintaining you know your attention on the goal maintaining your focus on a goal you got to make sure that you're ask yourself am i running away from something or am i running towards something when i'm trying to achieve something mm. change it change how you're viewing it and instead think i want to run towards something i want to wake up every day and feel really good about myself what can i do okay let's say you know you're wanting to change your body you're wanting to okay well let's let's change the wording let's say i want to feel strong i want to mm. wake up and feel fucking strong mm. so i want to do 10 Push-ups, full body push-ups. What's it going to take to get there? Notice how everything starts to change. You realize, oh my God, I just did one push-up of my neck. You're not even thinking about weight anymore. You're so excited about your growth. You're feeling Mm, so good. You start to meet other people that are doing the same thing. You start like everything changes when you start to run towards something. Your goals change. The way you look at it changes. The way you look at your progress changes. And it's so much easier to have self-control when you're running towards something that makes you feel good, that you're earning, that you're achieving, instead of shutting yourself down and getting away from something that makes you feel uncomfortable. So every time you look at a goal, just say, I can still have the same outcome goal, but can I change how I'm approaching this? Because everything in life is how we perceive it. You know, some you, you could have the same situation and two people are going to perceive it completely different and have a completely different life experience. So we've got to look at how can we change how we perceive this same stimulus. I love that. Thank you so much for explaining that. That is so amazing. And I think going back Thank to you. your point earlier about 70%, 30%, like allowing room for flex when mm. we're being disciplined. Mm. Um, I'd love to talk more about that because I think um, something that I've noticed in laws, because she's always been, as far, like long as I've known her, very disciplined, very regimented, is sometimes it's it's gotten to the point and I think she's in, you're in a really good place now <laughs> but sometimes it's gotten to a point where I've noticed if something has thrown her off whether it's an injury whether work is just overwhelming with time and mm-hmm. her, her routine hasn't been able to kind of be what it usually is it can really mm-hmm. throw her off mentally and emotionally so what do you do when that that 30% or those hiccups or those bumps come up, especially if it's more than just like one or two days where you miss out, yeah. what do you do yeah. to ensure that you don't just get like super upset about the fact that you can't have your usual routine? Um, totally. Yeah. 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 Well, so you want to look at your life. Obviously, we've got cylinders firing in many different areas of our life. Like there's a pillar for relationships, there's career, there's health, physical and mental health. So there's, and you can you can break it up into as many categories as you want. But often when something goes wrong in our life, it's normally in one, maybe Mm. two, but in one of those areas, let's say you have a career setback or you have a financial setback, a health setback. So when things like this happen, the first thing you want to do, number one, and this is surprisingly something that a lot of people don't do initially, is the first thing you want to do is identify where do I have control and where don't I have control. We spend a lot of time focusing on things that we don't have control over. And that's where we get catastrophic thoughts. That's where we spiral. That's where, you know, overthinking all of that. So the first thing is what what do I have control over? And is there something that within that I can do now? Do I have mm. to wait a week? Like what is it if it's an injury? Like what what does this look like? The second thing that people really struggle to do, including myself, and I've learned this the hard way and once I learned it, I'm like, wow, is then – the ability to be able to zoom out and perspective. 
Because when you're in something, think about it, a good analogy is an argument. When you're in an argument with someone, it is so overwhelming. It is like, like your heart's racing, your feet, nothing else enters your mind. It's like the biggest deal in your life. It's so intense. Mm. Then when you've left and you've had some time to think, you might even see it from the other person's, but you might think, oh, well, oh, yeah. And you start to relax. You start to calm down. You think it's really not the end of the world. It was just this one thing. We don't have to break up. Like it's, you start to really simmer down. And I look at that when you have something bad going on in your life, mm-hmm. sometimes you need to look at, say, okay, what are my other pillars in my life right now? And can I just, can I pour into those things right now to start making me feel good? Cause I'm not, this is not me. I'm not my career. I'm not just my relationships. I'm, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. So can I step away from this thing? I've already looked at what I can control, what I can't. I've already kind of decided what would the timeline look like out of the things I can control. And now that I've done that, I need to maybe spend some time with my cousins. I need to maybe go and do, you know, it's it's all about spreading yourself around the other pillars in your life because you realize that if we look at one external thing in our life as the reason for our sadness or the reason for our happiness, then we're going to continue giving all our energy to that same thing until we feel better again, instead of thinking, well, I'm going to be the actual cause of my happiness and my sadness. I'm the cause. So this thing could be going on right here and it could really suck, but is it the only thing in my life? No, it's not. There's Mm. so much more going on. And I had this big like career problem like a year and a half ago. My podcast went down. It was just this whole saga and I was really letting it get to me. It was like Mm. I would cry. I was stressed. I was just not a good partner to Tyrone. And I was like, this is so not what I talk about on my podcast. I'm being a bit hypocritical here. And I was just like, how do I get, how, what am I doing? And I went away for a weekend with my cousins. That's why I use the cousin example. And all we did was cook meals together, do puzzles, whatever. And we were just laughing the whole time, playing games, trying to come up with baby names for my cousin who was about to have a baby. I was like, oh my God, that, while it's still happening in my life, went from 100% of my attention Mm. to 10% of my attention. It still exists, but I've got my health. I've got my family. There's so much going on in my life. Like how, how dare I let this thing destroy my attention, my mood, my happiness, it, it took over and it doesn't have to. So it's this ability to, how can I step away and feed these other areas? And very quickly, that thing will drop to the perspective, like to the proportion that it should be at, which mm. is 10%, 15%, something like that. Mm. I think that's that's such great advice. And I think especially in regards to injury, I think that's a, yeah. such a, a such a great way to think about it because some with injury especially, a mm. lot of things are outside of, like that's out of your control. No one, yeah, so no one obviously you can do, uh, what is in your control is doing, is like stretching before your workout, making sure you're strengthening yep. the muscles you need, et cetera, et cetera. But if you, like me, if I trip, I actually I'm claiming this year, this no, is in my control. stable grounded human yeah. this year. I'm clumsy as and I feel like I've owned that clumsiness and people yeah. actually message me when they fall and they're like I thought of you when I fell like I, I generally get <laughs> 10 of those a week I and like it. I'm the ambassador I love for clumsiness it. I love it. and they say you make so me feel good. better and I'm like guys I can't be here for you anymore I am now now when I run I say I am stable mm. what's the other yep. word I had grounded. Another, grounded and stable and instead of saying Great. I'm not gonna fall I say that anyway but when I trip, That's obviously so it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. It's a lot of it's out of control, like the footpath yeah. that I actually I'm going to send something to the council and be like, fix this, <laughs> this big, this big. I'm thing not a clumsy person. This is making me clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but that I love that mindset because sometimes, mm. like while in that time, I could do my rehab ex- rehab exercises the best that I could. That was kind of all yep. I could do, and so that really helped me. I think as well in terms yeah. of. You're right with career because, I mean, I've fallen into the trap so many times of thinking like I am my career, but it's also something that I mm. care very much about. And in terms of where I apply my discipline and, and also what I, in terms of giving myself freedom, your career is a very big part of that. Mm. And I think I yeah. think back to a time in 2020 where I was at my lowest ever in confidence. Like I was literally like, okay, I can't do my job. I am so dumb. I'm so bad at this. I'm going to mm. go back to uni mm. and study something else. Like I'm going to go be a psychologist. I don't know what, but because I can't do this. And in that moment, I was like, 
the thing, the, the thing in how I was able to work through it was I took my control back of my confidence because I was saying, yeah. blaming someone that yes, they had a lot of impact on my confidence, but they don't care about me. They're like, I can sit in this, this, I like I was, yeah. I was sitting in this pity party of this person that I was like, they made me feel like shit. So it's their fault. They're moving on with their life. Like I could have stayed yeah. in that yeah. and 10 years, they're going to be doing whatever the heck they're doing. They haven't thought of me. And I'm still like, well, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here. And I had this yeah, moment they've moved on. Like, Exactly. They're not thinking about you. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I've got to take notes. They're not going to come. They're not going to come and save me. They hate me. No. Right? They're, they're fucked and me you, up. So like, I have to get what? myself out of this. hundred percent. And it, it falls on you at the end of the day. Like you might not be the cause of what went wrong, but you're responsible for changing it because it. Exactly. no one's going to do it for you. No one. And sometimes within reason, but sometimes the worst case scenario happening is not as bad like sometimes people need things to fall apart in order to realize how resilient and dynamic they actually are our fear of things going wrong is sometimes worse than that actually thing that thing going wrong because for example I used to fear oh my god if this guy leaves me I don't know what I'll do and then it would fall apart more catastrophic than I could have ever imagined like really dramatic and then I'm like well I'm still here. There's actually all these other things going on. I'm actually quite resilient. I've actually learned all these things. So then I started loving the idea of throwing myself in the deep end in something and seeing how quickly I could swim to the surface. Like I moved to Paris and I had to like get a job, get an apartment, you know, start making money, like all these things. And it it was a fun exercise I did a few times in my 20s because I wanted to be like, if I were to strip everything back, how quickly could I rise back up? And the more you do that, the more you think, oh, come at me. Like, it's fine. Like, honestly, I've done this. I've gotten over that. I kind of overcame this. I failed at that. Didn't die. I'm here, aren't I? So you start to realize the worst case scenario, we make it so much bigger in our head. Because mm. when you think about the worst case scenario, you're just picturing the void. Mm. If this doesn't happen, I don't have this. But when you're in the worst case scenario, you're filling that void with effort. You're trying to do this. You're trying to fix that. You're meeting this person here. You're doing all of that. So it's never the void that you imagine it because you're living your life when that's happening and things are happening around you constantly and you can choose to bring them in or you can choose to reject them. But that's what makes you dynamic and resilient. And instead of sitting here thinking, I don't want anything bad to happen. I don't want anything like to go wrong for me. Think if something bad happens, I'm going to be really you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tackle it this way. I'm going to, you know, instead of fearing the worst is going to happen, think I'm good if it does happen because I'll have my back. Shit will hit the fan temporarily, but I'm fine. Like I'll actually be fine. So that way you're not dreading things happening anymore. You just think my main aim in life is to bounce back. That's it. Mm. And so then you're less fearful. And then ironically, things do go well because you're not in this position of like, it's going to fall apart. Because when you think it's going to fall apart, you're reactive instead of proactive. You, you approach things so differently if you fear that you're going to lose something. The same in relationships. If you fear you're going to lose your partner, you're probably too, you know, you're, you're possessive of them. You're, you're holding on too tight. It's like this desperation reeks. It's a thing. And that happens with career, with relationships, with anything. However, if you look at something being like, I'm just going to let it be. Ironically, people come to you. They want it. You're, you've got this attractive energy of like, I'm just being, mm. and I'm just going to focus on my own shit really. And that's again, where discipline comes into it. What is, when you say re- reactive versus proactive, how does that show up? So it shows up in the sense of if you're, if you're living your life trying to not fail, trying to not lose something, you're in a constant state of, I'm trying to protect what I've got here. So it's more closed off. You're in this protective thing. You're less likely to not only take a new avenue or go through an open door, but you're less likely to even be aware of it because you're just focusing on like, I've got to, you know, my partner, you know, I've got to make sure that everything's perfect. I I will Mm. never, you're like fearful. It comes from this like place of fear and I've got to protect what's around me. That is reactive because you're base you're basically waiting, waiting. Yeah. Is something going to go wrong? No. Uh, like, uh. So like you're just in this position. Versus if you think, okay, I'm going to be way more carefree. I don't need to have. I can have an intention of what I want to achieve, but I don't need a strict five year plan. I don't need a strict ten year plan. I'm going to be a bit more free flowing because when you've got too strict a plan. You're not aware of all these opportunities that are throwing themselves at you constantly, constantly. 
when, when you change your perspective, you'll be amazed at the conversations you could have that could lead to an open door, at the, at the places you could go to. It's actually wild mm. how much is right in front of you opportunity-wise and how much you just shut out because you don't realise it. So when you change your mentality of like, I'm going to see what happens and every year is going to bring me things that I'm yet to know, like I'm, I'm open to things happening for me, then you start to, you know, you start to seek things out. You start to seek out um, connections with people. You start mm-hmm. to consider things that you never would have considered. Like three months before I started the podcast, I would have never thought that my career would be podcasting, Mm -hmm. but I always loved the idea of talking about the brain and I loved performing. So, you know, you can always still follow things, understand the feeling that you want to follow, but be open to it. And that's where you're proactive because you're more open to things. You're not shutting things out. You're not shutting people out. The same goes for my relationship with Tyrone. I'm engaged. Adore that man. Absolutely adore him. And if our relationship stays as healthy as it is, I really hope we're together forever. But Having said that, I'm also aware that the divorce rate is 50%. So I have to work hard for this relationship and so does he. And we're Mm. both, you know, working at it together always. We're not going to be complacent. But I'm also well aware that shit happens. I've been through breakups. Everyone's been through breakups. So I'm not taking this relationship for granted. I'm going to do what I can. But I'm also going to be really open to the point that if Tyrone ever came to me and was like, I can't be with you, I don't want to be with you, I know that it would break my heart but it would not ruin my life because I could piece myself back together and continue. If, if you look at your life being like, I will die if my yeah. partner leaves me. I will die living if I get fear. fired. I will. You just, you. oh my God, you're living so small and it's just, and the same vice versa. If you've got someone in your life who's so comfortable in their own skin and happy with their journey and happy with where they are and they're not forcing you to be there, they're not, where are you, where are you, let me read your phone, let me go through your text messages, let me know that you are committed to me. When they're more carefree, you want to be around them for Mm. longer. You're like, I love this energy. It's a beautiful energy to be around. I feel comfortable. You know, with Tyrone and I, we've both, I feel so comfortable when I'm around him. I feel it's like a safe energy space and vice Mm. versa because we're both just like, it's this different energy versus other relationships I've had where it's been this possessive thing. And that I'm using relationship as an example, but you can look at that in every area of your life of this reactive thing is I'm holding on to what I've got. Proactive is I'm just being, I'm letting things exist as they are, putting effort, but not forcing it. Mm. So forcing, staying, you know, like it's almost like the world is passing you by to a certain extent. And there's this movie that I love from the 90s. It's called French Kiss with, I don't know if you guys have watched it, but it's so good. It's with Meg Ryan. And basically she's one of those people who just like, is so scared that everything will fall apart. She's like never will catch a flight because she hates flying. She's like her fiance. And then everything falls apart for her. And she has this line where she says, my biggest fear was that everything would fall apart. And then it, and the most amazing thing happened, it did. And that's when she really started to live her life. So sometimes what you fear the most is actually what needs to happen for some people. That yeah. is, I feel like everyone is listening right now being like, Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes I, been I, wanted, yeah. I wanted to ask you as well, with within kind of this conversation of, of discipline mm-hmm. and um and that kind of with discipline comes, you know, getting up every day and doing things in when I say in the darkness, it's just not in mm-hmm. front of everyone. So if you're putting yes. in the work, not everyone sees it, right? That that's where you're putting in the most work. Yeah. That's and right. we live in this world now with social media where instant gratification is uh, how it's obviously made an impact mm. on on being disciplined because I mean I can post a photo of myself online and get a lot mm-hmm. of validation like in the moment yes. that I would have to work very hard to get if I applied it to something that I was kind of being really disciplined around or wh- whatever it would be but it's, it's yep. different right it's and, and obviously like with I have a following but I also think for a lot of people it would it doesn't matter how many followers you have if you post a photo of yourself where you and your friends totally. will comment and be like, wow, and whatever, all those things. How yep. much impact do you think social media has had on discipline and how do we ensure that we don't get caught up in this instant gratification mm. economy mm. where we forget how important yes. showing up for ourselves is? And I think before, if I could just add to that as well, because I think mm. sometimes for me, I think when I'm feeling like I won't be able to stand up and do it myself and be disciplined enough, almost like, for example, if I say I'm going to um, go for a walk every morning 
with my mm-hmm. dog before I go to work. Um, I almost feel like I have to post about it so that I'm like staying accountable and like people would know yeah. I didn't do it and then that's going to help me stay motivated. How do you not, on top of that, how do you not rely on others? On, yeah, yeah. All right, well, so the first question of has social media impacted? 100% it has mm-hmm. for, for emotional reasons and also for like on a chemical reason as well. Discipline. Also, like I said, it comes down to you making a choice. It's a choice ultimately. So it comes down to your willingness to do something. And when you look at dopamine in the brain, dopamine is your willingness to do something. It gets you to do the thing. When you So much so that when you look at dopamine, the spike, often you'll get the, the highest spike is the moment just before you experience the thing that's going to produce that high. So whether it be social media, whether it's a drug, whether it's gambling, whatever it is that you have an ad- addictive tendency towards, or even if it's not addictive, it's going to have the spike. Things that give you instant gratification spike a lot higher than things that take a bit longer to release dopamine slower. So exercise releases dopamine, but it doesn't spike like social media would release dopamine. So it's a bit of a slower release, the same as meditating, the same as like getting outside in the sun in the morning. There's a lot of excess, a lot of things you can do that release dopamine in a slow release. And that's where it's really good because then it doesn't drop below baseline. Mm. But this, the spikes of dopamine, like social media, all the other things that are quick hits of like, I'm, I'm satisfying this need really quickly. You get a spike and then it drops below your baseline. And if dopamine is your willingness to do something and you've just dropped below your baseline, you've just put your phone down, what do you want to do? You want to pick your phone back up because you're like, I don't now want to go and do that thing. Not only am I, I'm I'm lower than baseline right now. So as far as discipline, your, your ability to summon the energy to then go and do that thing, it's just so much harder. That's why I say to people, try your best to not get on social media for the first hour, ideally two hours of the day if you can, mm. but even start with one hour. It does wonders for your focus and attention in the morning. And so, so that's what it does on a chemical level. But on an emotional level, we seek validation from people and that's normal. It's normal for many reasons because you should be the primary source of like your core validation, but it's also very normal to seek validation from your community because one of our human needs is to be part of a community, to not be shunned from the tribe, so to speak. So we do need to fit in and it's like, it's a core innate human thing that we want to fit in. So to not ever, to not care what anyone thinks, I don't believe in that. You know, it's easy to say, oh, fuck what anyone thinks. You can fuck what strangers think, but of course you're going to care what your inner circle thinks about you because you need to have a positive relationship with these people. So that's natural and very normal to do that. The problem is when then you're relying too heavily on external validation over your internal validation. You've got to make sure you've got a good balance of the two. And a lot of people get stuck in only relying on external validation and using that as like... That's the benchmark. If people are liking my photos, I'm feeling good. If they're not liking my photos, I'm feeling bad. End of story. Instead of thinking that's a nice little bonus that people are liking or people are telling me that they love me or that my partner, you know, that's lovely, but I also need to be providing it for myself as well. Another thing with like when you tell people for like to keep you accountable and all of that. <laughs> Accountability. So really interestingly, there's been a few studies on this and when you tell people that you're going to do something like, I'm going to run a marathon this year. Everyone's like, that's fucking amazing. That's so good. Oh my God. Congrats. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is so cool. Any goal you have, whatever the goal, people are congratulating you, the accolades you're getting. Anyway, then they all leave. You're alone. And then you're like, no, I've got to fucking, I've got to start training now. And I already received the validation. Now I've got to do the work and I've already been congratulated. I've got no reason now. Like I'm nothing is excited. So they say that the more you want to do something, the less people you should tell. Mm. You can tell people if the, the good where you should tell people is if they're doing it with you, of course. Yeah. So like if you're in like a group of people that are doing mm. something together, if you're doing a challenge as a group, that's fine. Or if it's someone that's very closely related, like you're going to tell your partner if you live with them, obviously. Mm. But I always say that the more I want, when I really, really, really want something, I tell next to nobody, nobody, maybe Tyrone because I live with him. But, and then I think the only way someone's going to know if I've achieved this is if they see it happening. That's the only way. Like if I couldn't speak through my words, but I could only speak through my behaviors, that's how I can tell people. So if I want to tell people, I can, but just not with my voice. And so that's a really good way of, of and it also lets you pause and think, do I actually really want this? Because I might have just been 
riding a high and then I just announced to everyone that I'm doing this crazy thing. But in reality, I'm not interested. <laughs> and I actually now look like I'm going, I'm not a person of my word. So I think it's really good to like take a step back and be like, what do I actually want? And I'm just going to start doing it. And then as I start physically doing it, I start realizing, yeah, this is actually, yes, I'm going to run that marathon. Or you could be like, mm, 10Ks, 10K run for me. That's, that's going to be me, you know, and it actually is more motivating when you keep it to yourself because you so badly want to share it. We're, we're creatures of community. We want to share. So use that to your advantage. Think like if you want to share it, just do it. Don't talk about it. And that to me has been an unbelievable driver. I used to talk about everything I was doing way too early. Now I only talk about it once I've like kicked a few gears into motion and it's already off the ground. Then I can start bringing more and more people into my journey. But the initial stages only bring the relevant people into it. I think that's very good advice. Now, we could talk to you about, I mean, this topic for another literally 10 hours. I said four hours. Seriously. Um, and I'm very sad we have to wrap. But thank you. There'll be a part two. We'll do yeah, a part two. Yeah, I seriously later. think we need to do a part two. Everyone listening, let us yes. know if you want this. Com- I want this conversation to continue, but please, please let us know. This was just so fantastic. I think the way that you, you explain mm. things in a way, because obviously what I love about how you talk is you break it down into simplicity and obviously you understand the science and yeah, everything behind it. it. But you then talk to it in a way that is very digestible, very practical. And thank you. we are very grateful for all of your lessons and for taking the time to chat to us. And please, everyone, if you love this episode, just go and listen to your podcast, which Mm. is... Do you fucking mind? Is that D Y F M? Did I? Is that? Yeah. Did I get yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, okay, perfect. Which is also a listener podcast. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Thank you so. I love. I honestly love chatting to you girls. So that was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would like to get involved in the Kick Pod, <laughs> you can. We have got a Kick Pod Instagram where you can send us a DM about your thoughts on the podcast some questions, some stories that happen to you. Honestly, whatever you want to send in, we would love to see and read it and hear it and chat to you. And that is at KickPod on Insta. We would also appreciate your following. If you would like to support the podcast, come and follow that account. (laughs) That is where we'll be sharing a lot of this kind of content. So we hope you guys enjoy that. If you want to learn more about Kick, the Kick app, we have a website, kickapp.com, or you can head to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and download our app. We have a seven-day free trial if you'd like to check out the app. And we're also on Instagram at laura.henshaw and at Smith, And you can find us over on TikTok as well at Kick. But we'll be back in your ears very soon. Bye.